Thanks for tuning in to First Day. It uh, never fails. It seems any time I sit down and get ready to record uh, another episode, uh, there's a massive number of uh, big pickup trucks with loud exhausts driving by the church. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I just kind of have to get used to it and cross my fingers and and hope that uh, and, and hope that I can get it done. What I wanted to talk about today, and this is this will be a short episode, but I kind of wanted to flesh out um, what my sermon, or flesh out one, a couple of the things in Sunday's sermon, uh, just to maybe cause some more thought or go go a little bit deeper into it. Uh, Sunday was the baptism of our Lord, and kind uh, of focused on. John the Baptist and his message uh, there in Luke's gospel to the people that were coming out from Jerusalem, headed down to Jericho, and um, him referring to these people as brood, as a brood of viper, uh, of vipers, and uh, which was very funny because a church member, uh, one of my parishioners right before uh, church started Sunday, worship started Sunday, came up to me and said, Preacher, we need more hell fire brimstone from you. We need to hear that. And so, you know, and, and lo and behold, the gospel lesson, you, you brood of vipers, who warned you uh, of the calamity or the or the trouble that is to come? So... But anyway, um, the overall, the, the long of the short of, of the message Sunday was that baptism represents a change, and it represents uh, the beginning of a journey back to, uh, back to God, uh, back to the Father, back to the mansion. Uh, back to an identity as, as, as a child of, of the king. Uh, the, we see it in, in Luke's gospel with the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, the baptism, as, as John puts it, is a, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It's not that uh, once we enter into the waters, we are magically transformed into, into a phoenix, into something completely different in, in all aspects, but that baptism is that first step in the process of becoming who we are in Christ Jesus. So we, we are transformed. We are changed. Uh, in, a, in a way, uh, if, if we want to go even further with it, baptism is the removal of the defect of the will uh, or, or, or has a part in the removal of the defect of Adam's will, of Adam's disobedience. And so our obedience, our new life, um, the life we live coming out of that water, that life, um, that life is not reached overnight. 
that life is not fulfilled or completely realized until, and we'll, we'll put a little ellipse there, until what? Well, um, John Wesley uh, believed, he told his brother, that there are people that can become sinless in this life. And Charles, on the other hand, did not think that was necessarily possible. Um, and I think that is the path of sanctification. It is coming to this place of sinlessness, coming to this place of perfection, as it were, or, I guess, less performance-oriented, um, coming to terms or beginning to live as Christ in a world, uh, beginning to live according to the will of God in all things. That's sort of, I think, what we're striving for in our denomination when we talk about perfection, is we're striving for this point in our existence and in our lives where we are able to live fully and completely according to the will of God or for the will of God, uh, regardless of the cost on our part. Uh, we, we, we see that in the Gethsemane uh, where Jesus is uh, uh, sweating drops of blood, uh, asking the burden of sacrifice to be lifted from him uh, if there is some other way, please, Father, he says, let, let, me, let me do it that way. But nevertheless, uh, not what I want, but what you want. That is that, that great reversal. Uh, I think this is what Paul is talking about in Romans when he compares the first man, Adam, to the second man, Jesus. The, the disobedience of the one condemned everyone, uh, even if they did not sin in the same manner as as Adam did, that that defect of the will, that inability to submit our lives completely and totally to God for God's purposes, is passed on to us and through us until the cross. And it is in that act of obedience that we are able to cast off that defect and uh, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, of course, choose to live a life that is worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. And I think that's, uh, that's something that, that we, we lose out on, the, the process, the, the, the calling. It, it's, not a, it's not a one and done. It's not a, okay, I have... I've woken up this morning, and now I am completely transformed and completely changed and completely sinless, and ah, my journey's over. No, the following the life of Christ is the journey. Following the life of Christ is the point. It, it, it is, it's not that we're going to be able to, in, by an act of will, reach a point in our lives where we live completely and totally in accordance with the will of God. But it's rather through the presence of the Holy Spirit and Christ's life in us as a result of the cross, uh, something beginning at baptism, 
we are able to day by day step by step as jesus puts it in the in in his parable we're able to come to our senses and take one more step closer to christ to the way and the truth and the life and it's it, when we're not perfect and we're not going to get there overnight we're not going to get there without stumbling and bumbling because uh, the old way of doing things is uh, very very uh, alluring and comfortable i mean that's that's why it's the old way of doing things it's it's comfortable for us to keep doing the same thing that we always did but it's also kind of sad and it may be even as a, a bit crazy <laughs> as the as the as the saying goes you know insanity is doing the same thing but expecting something different so if we don't feel close to Christ in in the way that we live out our lives, if if we aren't finding that we are truly um, uh, turning the other cheek, uh, living our lives in accordance with God's will for us in God's greater plan of salvation for the entire world, if we aren't doing that, then if if we don't really feel that way, then uh, why? Why should we expect to feel fulfilled in our faith if deep down inside we're still living out the old mechanisms and we're still living out the old way of doing things and the old way we used to do things instead of embracing what we can in Christ Jesus? I had to turn the uh, heater off. It was... uh, kicking up too much noise this is the <laughs> again this is the loudest environment i think possible to record um record anything i might have to build a little uh, screen to put up on the window uh to block block some sound out and put it up uh, but but anyway uh and, and so john the baptist is in jericho and he is uh preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and people are coming out to him, and uh, he he tells them, it's very interesting, he says, Do not think you can escape what is to come because you are Abraham's children, because God can raise up children from these stones. And even now, he says, the axe is at the root of the tree, and uh, make, make uh, fruit that is worthy. And uh, if you don't make the fruit, the branches will be cut off and cut down and cast into the fire. And so uh, everyone, everyone, we're told there in Luke's gospel, got all tizzy about it. Well, what can we do? What can we do? And, and, And I think that's the point. It's the what can we do? And it is a natural reaction. And... To me, that is also God's Spirit speaking to us and prompting us, I think, to to ask that question, well, what can we do? Now, there will be reformed, there will be reformed folks that, uh, Christians, that, that, that will say, well, there's nothing you can do. And to say or to ask or to attempt to do anything is attempting to have works righteousness, or, and uh, to which I say, well, of course. Uh, some of you that have listened for a while uh, know that um, I'm a firm believer in the fact that we cannot be righteous without works. Works, righteousness is living according to the will of God. And what is the will of God? 
How is it that God wants us to live? So we, we have to have works. We have to have action, or otherwise we're not righteous. Otherwise, we're just uh, we're the same old lump that we used to be, except we just know when to say Jesus or not. Um, we, we, we treat everybody the exact same way that we did before uh, we exited the waters of baptism, uh, but we just have our little name. You know, we, we have the name that we carry, but we don't really do anything. Well, John said, they asked John, what do we need to do? And John's response uh, in, in, there in Luke's gospel is, well, quit extorting money. Uh, don't take more than your, is your fair share. Uh, if you have two tunics, if you have more than enough, share your excess that goes for clothing, that goes for food, it goes for everything. Uh, don't take more than is prescribed or you're ordered to. Don't extort. Uh, you know, and, and so it's this list of it's these list of things that I think we should be doing instinctively because they help us to get to a place where we get to realize the fullness of Christ in us. And, and, and I think that's what Paul's getting at when in 1 Corinthians when he says, Now we see dimly as in a mirror, mirror then we shall see uh, face to face. We'll see Christ a- a- as he is. And, and I think that's the point we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to this place where we can see the image of Christ in us fully realized. And we can't fully realize that image that is Jesus Christ, that image that is offered to us or given to us out of that empty tomb. We can't do that if we aren't willing to repent or to change our lives, to amend them. Uh, and I think that's that's something that... Um, we need to take to heart as as Christians that the only thing we can do is strive each day to walk just a little close to, just a little closer to Jesus uh, to to start by sharing our excess with those who have none to start by not trying to squeeze every bit of profit out of someone for our own benefit, Um, to start by not using coercion of any means to get others to do what we want them to do. Because it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about us. It's about God's will for our lives and for the life of the world. It's not about our individual salvation. It is about each and all of us being now a part of God's plan of salvation for the whole world. And that all starts with one step. One step toward the waters of the Jericho, one step toward the Jordan, one step toward he who is the way and the truth and the life. So it's not about what we believe, firstly. It's about what we do because it's who we really are in Christ Jesus. 
belief I've, I've said before in uh, episodes of, of, of the show and is also in sermons. Um, belief is faith put into action, or maybe faith is belief put into action. It's, it's, not, it's not good enough to simply say, okay, I believe that Jesus is Lord. We have to live like Jesus is Lord. Um, Abram leaving his father's home is what is credited to him as righteousness, believing God and acting on it, rather than just believing God. And so we we want to cut to the end without making the trip and the journey closer to Jesus. We want to go, we want to say, okay, here's my pass. Let me shoot to the front of the line. Here's my lightning pass, you know, the Disney world of the world. Here's my lightning pass. Let me go to the head of the line. That's what we want to do. But in truth, the relationships, the the meaning and the purpose, the fullness of life is not experienced at the end. The fullness of life is experienced all along the journey that leads to an eternity with Christ in the glory of God. We want to jump to the end and we think we're going to be able to appreciate it. We want to jump to the end because we just are so tired. But maybe, just maybe, the point of the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins is the journey. It is the difficulty. It is the thing that gives us strength. It is the thing that gives us the spirit and the will to trust that God is going to make a way for us to keep swimming even up that waterfall so that in the end we will see ourselves and everyone will see us as we truly are. And that is co-heirs of Christ to the glory of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, it is easy for us to make our faith about ourselves and about uh, a sort of perfunctory thing that we've got to do in order to just get it done and get it over with so we can get away from this world. But help us, gracious God, by the presence of your Spirit to remember the words of your servant John to all of those people that had come down from Jericho, that, that from Jerusalem, that the purpose is not the end. The purpose is the journey and the sharing and the light that we bring into the darkness of people's hearts so that they, too, might come to realize that they were also freed from the curse of Adam and made alive in the obedience of Christ. That as we choose to respond to you, as we choose to grow in your will in our lives each and every day, that your kingdom will come to fruition right here and right now in and through us as the hands and feet of your Son, our Savior. So help us not, gracious God, try to cut the corners, but help us instead be willing to stand, to face the difficulties, and to know that as your children, as those you have created and called and redeemed, you will see to it and make a way for us to overcome any obstacle for the sake of your kingdom. 
It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.